Hello, and welcome to BotCast, episode number 20. In January of this year, 2015, I decided to try my hand once again at the idea of putting together a podcast. For those who are listening to this podcast, you have no reason to listen to other podcasts I have put together. Um, For my day-to-day job, in the area of education technology, I've put together a number of podcast episodes, which more more likely than not have turned not into audio podcasts, but so many of them have uh, morphed or become video podcasts as time went on. Uh, I started this um, enterprise back in 2004, and so now, some 11 years later, uh, with the resurgence, it seemed, of people wanting to podcast or listen to podcasts. Um, As I had a little time off over the uh, Christmas holiday, I was kind of surprised that podcasting was having a resurgence in some part, I think, because of the serial podcast, um, which I later myself listened to with with great interest. Um, If you go to the iTunes catalog... There's lots of podcasts still being created, and people, I think, are finally turning around saying, hey, uh, this is hitting the mainstream, perhaps. I think we live in a society where we don't want to wait for others to give us content or entertainment when we want it. We'd rather be um, entertaining ourselves at at our own schedule. And so the rise of services like Netflix or the idea of a streaming music service, as opposed to having to buy individual episodes or to tune in at a certain time, certainly seems to be in sync with what um, a lot of us who are connected with various devices to the Internet crave, especially as our lives are busy and we need that flexibility. And, of course, technology affords us that. So I never knew if I'd get to something like 20 episodes. Uh, Getting to 10 seemed easy enough, but getting to 20 here, didn't know if this would take off. And and really, I want to thank you if you are listening, because the emails I've received from folks are are really the encouragement I need to go on. Um, I have lots of interests and one of them obviously is baroque music and uh being able to interface with others uh to find people who are interested in this music uh either in my personal life or through a virtual life is is really very small and yet i know this music is is so profound and there needs to be something said And so, therefore, that was the impetus for putting this together. So, if you have been listening to these episodes, first of all, thank you. Um, It's wonderful to know that that someone takes interest and also that you are interested in what is out there in in terms of the the performances of the music of J.S. Bach. Uh, As a little advertisement, my website is bieberfan.org. B-I-B-E-R-F-A-N dot O-R-G. I've never explained in the podcast what that name, where it comes from. But back in the late 90s when I was in college, um, I had to come up with an internet handle. 
And it hadn't been that long ago that I had discovered through a recording by Romanesca, which was Andrew Manzi, uh, John Tall, and Nigel North, uh, the music of Heinrich Ignaz Franz von Bieber. And you know what? Bach has always been my favorite composer, but I thought, gosh, here's this kind of obscure composer nobody's going to know. I thought it may have been a little hipster to say, well, yeah, there's lots of Bach fans out there, but is there a Bieber fan? And so I took that, took that name and uh, would later regret that there was a, a pop singer by the name of Justin Bieber, and uh, unfortunately... I've gained a few followers on Twitter be, uh, that are teen, teenage girls who probably think I've misspelled Justin's name. But uh, with all that aside, that's the website. I've had the handle for a long time. I've been writing about classical music for a long time with a real emphasis on the Baroque. And in this, in this 20th episode, we're going to take a look at a little teeny piece of box. This is a duet or as he wrote it, a duetto. Uh, this is BWV 805. It is the fourth in a series of duets for organ that was published in the late 1730s. Bach took several years. Uh, you would consider this maybe at the, the height of his career in Leipzig. He is the music director at St. Thomas's. He's been writing cantata cycles. And we know Bach has started to now not write just for pragmatic reasons, but for reasons of what he, I guess you'd describe it as he's writing for himself. <laughs> he was writing things that would gather the attention of others. And this actually became part of one of his published collections called the Klavier Übung, um, which is a generic title that means keyboard works. And this was his third in that collection, which is kind of interesting because Bach is writing music, and I, I can't tell you what at the time, if there was more prestige being a keyboard performer than a violinist versus, you know, um, something else, a singer. But that's what he wrote. And so we know Bach kind of considered himself maybe not a composer, I don't know if, if he, uh, you know, they would use that language composed by versus written by, but he considered himself a keyboard player. And of course, we know that he was known for uh, playing the organ. And this is part of what they've described as an organ mass. So he's known as an organist. And it's a collection of a bunch of different things. And what's odd about it is these little duets that he put together never appeared as part of the title page. They instead are just these four little short pieces that are really two-part counterpoint. And so it's like a little two-voice fugue. And if you know anything about Bach, he wrote... Uh, another collection of the Well-Tempered Clavier. And in that, he it was a big thing of preludes and fugues. And it's so it's a little strange, I think, in the context. You're just trying to figure out what is this piece, this little two-voiced piece. And is there something specifically organistic about it? Uh, and there isn't. 
you can play this on um, different instruments. You could play it on a harpsichord. You could play it on a modern piano. You could play it, uh, obviously, on the organ. And so we believe that this was sort of a theoretical nod to a number of debates that were happening at the time. And so Bach, we believe here, is showing off his metal as a contrapuntalist, one who could take a theme. And then this theme, he never really goes off into some far-off land in terms of, you know, in keys. It's written A minor. It goes for a, a point in, in the dominant key, which is E minor, and comes back. But the theme itself has some chromaticisms in it, which might be viewed as somewhat modern. But there's so much of this collection that kind of looks backwards. And yet it is of box age as well. So to give this a listen, this is a, it's a cool piece because it's short. It's easy to listen to. And as you might expect from Bach, this theme that keeps coming back, the theme he chooses here is kind of interesting. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Starts off slow and then just kind of takes off and running. And then you hear it from like, gosh, it's kind of interesting. And then whoop, it appears in the upper voice as well. So we're going to be listening to, as you might imagine, probably my favorite Bach organist, Tan Kutman. Uh, this is his recording from the late 90s that was prepared for the um, das Alta Werk label, which was a imprint of Teldec and was owned by Warner. And you'll notice that his registration is very soft, uh, almost uh, almost spooky. Um, but this is the fourth of the duettos in A minor. So while the theme is kind of interesting, and I could start to sing it to you, and of course I'm not a, a trained singer by any means, so I'm not going to uh, put you through that torture, but what, what stands out about this piece, if you're thinking about um, the idea of themes and invention, this format of, of two parts together really harks back to vocal music and yet the theme itself is of a complexity that would make singing this um, unless you're highly trained as a, as a, as a singer difficult it, it doesn't it, it's not like a simple melody you can sing or whistle by Mozart right 
It's, it's not the Ina Kleine Nachtmusik uh, theme. And even though that's very instrumental, uh, we, could, we could sing the beginning of that uh, very easily. This instead has that complexity to it. And while it works in the organ, and it's kind of an interesting theme, and of course if you read music and you can understand what's going on in the terms of, of counterpoint, uh, it's, it's easy in a piece like this. It's just two parts if, is, is if you want to get started studying counterpoint to kind of follow where the theme starts and then the second voice comes in with that theme and and, and how the voices switch over. and In the end, they all kind of end at the same time. Again, this is box art that he is he champions in every single piece he writes. How to fit those puzzle pieces together. And it's it's what made him, I think revered by those of his time, but also those who were to come to discover him later, was that this this man, this keyboard virtuoso by, by the accounts we have, was able to take musical themes and combine them and to fit them together by the rules of harmony in his day. Um, this piece for me could go beyond the instrument it was intended for. It doesn't show off for me the organ. And I think if you follow the line that that folks have come up with that this was more of a theoretical commentary that was of something of interest at the time that Bach decided to publish this, uh, the instrument itself really doesn't make a profound difference. And so what I'd like to share for you now is a different reading and this is performed on uh, instruments of the time that certainly is with well within Bach's sound world this is viola da gamba and violin and so in two voices you get the distinction of obviously two different people um, playing a duet with two folks wasn't new Bach didn't invent that, but it seems to work very well, at least for me. I actually prefer the sound and the interplay when we have two musicians coming together to perform it. This comes from a recording that you've already heard a sample from. This is the Palladian Ensemble. This is their initial release on the Lynn label. And so you're hearing uh, Suzanne Heinrich and Rachel Podger, uh, respectively, on gamba and violin, from their release of Bach Trio Sonatas, and they also included these duettos. And this is BWV 805, the fourth duetto in A minor.
has to tickle us just a little bit when we're hearing it that distinctly uh, between the, the colors of those two instruments. How you hear the theme in one voice and just a few bars later you hear it in another and you're like, gosh, that guy must have been clever on how to put those two together like that. And of course, that distinctive theme that starts with slower notes. Da, 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 da. Of course, it's easy to hear the entrance. So it's, it's almost one of these perfect themes for showing off counterpoint. So I hope you enjoyed those, those two takes. It's a simple piece. And in the show notes, if you go to the website, I've linked uh, the score for the Clavier Übung and the, all the duets. Uh, you may uh, decide that you want to explore more than the, those I've shared here. And obviously, if you were to pick up any one of these two recordings, the other duettos are, are part of the package. And so you could just jump right in. But one of the reasons I decided to choose this for, for episode number 20 is I recently went back and caught up with what I've missed at the Olive Bach website. And uh, I'm going to give you a little plug for this project. And I've written about this on the website before, um, but I can't trust that you've, you've read that. So I'm going, to, I'm going to plug it again because time and time again, I'm overtly oppressed. Um, impressed, not oppressed, in, overtly impressed um, that the quality of the performances on this website are, are so high. And it is it has to be one of the um, true gems of, of a find on the Internet. The Olive Bach website is is put together by the Netherlands Bach Society. And it's it's a group of connected musicians. It's not just one person or one group. It's a it's a it's a network of basically Netherlands based or Netherlands centered musicians who who are historically um, aligned, if you will. And they basically each week publish online a free version of a Bach piece. And a couple weeks ago, 805 was what was featured. And uh, it's performed on organ. It's done very well. Uh, I really like the, the organist they've been using. Um, they've done some cantatas. They've done some keyboard pieces. Uh, the musicianmanship, the musicality in the performance is, is really well done. In addition to that, the videos of the performances are really quite awesome. I mean, I do watch a fair number of performances of music on YouTube. And I wince a little bit when I do that because I realize a lot of them are probably illegally obtained and or illegally published uh, a number of them appear to be uh, DVD releases that have been uh, ripped and transcoded and uploaded and of course a lot of those are really good the, the quality of the images might not be good uh, DVD quality really can't compete with HD and here is this ensemble of, of musicians who's putting out 
not only high quality performances, but it's it's excellent sound quality. The pieces are being performed in, in churches and in, in in halls and in, in one case a private home. But the the acoustics and the sonics are really well captured. And then the video piece of it's well done too. And that's so much of what you kind of miss. And it is part of a stylistic thing, but you know they have a, a really good mix of seeing the performer, of seeing the 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 technical part of the performance that really when you're seeing an audience you can't appreciate you see the feet moving on the organ you see you see hands on the keyboard and then and then they'll take you back and you'll just kind of it's as you're sitting there and you're looking up and taking stock of this awesome place that you're sitting in or standing in um just very well done and so i'm i'm a big fan of their of their project and I enjoy, uh, I don't necessarily every Friday uh, tune in like I might on the TV for the same reasons that you probably don't. Probably the reason why you like a podcast, so you can download it and enjoy it when you want. So if you haven't checked them out, uh, a good place to start would be with BWV 805. And of course, I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And so that concludes this shorter version of BachCast number 20. I didn't sure where you get here. And uh, again, for the final time, my name is John Hendren, and thank you for listening.